Hey, welcome back to Mobile First. I'm your host, Jordan Bryant. Every week, I sit down with industry leaders to unlock how they are creating effective mobile experiences that make an impact for their businesses so that you can understand the perspective and tactics to replicate their success. If you're new to the show, Mobile First is the media child of Emerge Interactive, a digital experience company with two decades of creating highly performing digital products out of Portland, Oregon. We believe that every digital product owner deserves a clear vision, plan of action, and the right capabilities to create effective digital experiences that help to increase sales and performance. This week on Emerge Mobile First, a conversation with Stephanie Telenius, founder and CEO of Vita Health. The professional side is, I think, healthcare is on the cusp of really transformation that is going to be consumer facing. Everything in healthcare, cloud, mobile, social, all that thing is, is really behind. Stephanie is the founder and CEO of Vita Health a next-generation digital therapeutic and health coaching platform for chronic physical and mental health conditions deployed at Fortune 500 companies, large national payers, and providers. Prior to starting Vita Health, Stephanie was Vice President of Global Commerce and Payments at Google. She was SVP of eBay.com and Google Product, where she helped lead the eBay marketplace turnaround. Prior to eBay, Stephanie was VP of Merchant Services at PayPal, where she built the off-eBay PayPal business from the ground up into a multi-billion dollar business. Stephanie sits on the public boards of Coach Inc. and Seagate Technology. Stephanie, thank you for joining us. I'm really excited to have you here. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, definitely. And so I like to start by diving into your personal perspective and what really inspires you, because I think that provides really great context when digging a little bit deeper throughout the episode and the insights. So Stephanie, what are you most passionate about in your profession and why? Well, I'm passionate about having an impact on people's lives and doing things that matter. So whether it was eBay or Google or anything I've ever done in my career, it affected millions of people and improved lives. And now with Vita, I'm focusing on healthcare and eradicating chronic conditions, which I think is a real problem in our country. So I can really relate with having a purpose-driven mission and wanting to embody that in all the work that I do. What do you think caused that for you? What about your upbringing or experiences created that in you? I think it's largely who I am and I was born that way. My mom was a professor and you know did push that in, in our home. But I would say I was born that way and I I have two boys and I see um, one of them is very much like that. And he was just born that way. So <laughs> I think some of it's just nature. <laughs> it's genetics. I love it. And so you have a very entrepreneurial background too. And you mentioned PayPal and coming from that industry. So what about your background influences how you now approach Vita Health? Well, I've been fortunate to work in some great companies. I worked at eBay and PayPal for nearly a decade and then Google. And I've worked around really talented and smart folks that built products that touch millions of consumers that really transformed you know, old line industries like payments and shopping and advertising. And I think that experience of building products and platforms from the ground up and reimagining how things are done in really solving problems for consumers helps me when I think about healthcare, which is in many ways the last industry to adopt consumer-facing technology. I see. And so is it that it's the last one and you feel like you can make that impact there? 
I'm just curious, what about healthcare, just knowing that all the different things that you've done in your past, was it that large impact you can make in healthcare or was it something about healthcare and the connection of people? I started Vita for very professional and personal reasons. So, I mean, frankly, I just couldn't sit around any longer and let chronic disease take over the country and our healthcare system and my own family. So the personal side of it is my father had four different chronic conditions. So he had obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and COPD. And he really had a hard time. And it was hard for my brothers and I to actually manage it. And it was very clear that he needed a continuous day-to-day care model, which is what Vita provides. So that's the personal side of it. And then the professional side is, I think healthcare is on the cusp of really transformation that is going to be consumer-facing. Everything in healthcare, cloud, mobile, social, all that thing is, is really behind. And when you think about the fact that we spend $3.4 trillion on healthcare, it's the size of Germany's GDP. <laughs> and you know it's really inefficient. And consumers essentially want an experience similar to Amazon or eBay or Google in healthcare. And so I think I can bring that consumer-facing product experience and service model to healthcare and have a real impact. But the genesis was personal and seeing a real problem and trying to solve it. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I think that having that personal connection really helps make a lot of progress on that professional side. And I'm always curious, like what that, that personal passion is that creates a lot of these ideas and seeing how you identify as an entrepreneur. I was just curious about that. And now transitioning a little bit to Vita Health, wanting to know a little bit about, more about that for those of us who maybe haven't heard about it before and don't know what it is. Can you maybe explain a little bit about who you guys are and what you do? Sure. So Vita Health is an app in the Apple App Store or Google Play. We work on both iOS and Android devices, and it's a full mobile app and service for managing your health. We match you to a coach or a nurse or a health expert in an area that you have a concern in, and we, we cover both mental and physical conditions. And we match you to an individual who's an expert, but also to a digital therapeutic program. So for example, a program that will help you avoid diabetes or reverse diabetes, or a program that will help you reverse your hypertension or help you lose weight or manage to stop smoking. So that we cover a range of different chronic conditions. And we also connect to all your devices and apps. So we get all your data and we use machine learning to personalize the experience to really help you succeed. So we've had a lot of people where we work with them for a while and help them change their lives and the way they live and help them avoid a lot of healthcare costs and pain. And I think that's so cool. And we talked about a story in our pre-show chat uh, about how this has helped someone, Jenny. And I would love uh, to, to hear that story and then dig a little bit deeper into that with you. Yeah, so Jenny is one of, we have so many great stories. We, we do a, a Vita customer story of, of the week from our coaches always distributes it. And it's one of the most inspiring parts of my week. But Jenny's great. She is a 49-year-old mom of three and she has transformed her life. I mean, she she worked with a, a coach here at Vita and she lost 80 pounds over a period of 11 months. She was diabetic and she went off her diabetes medication, her hypertension medication, her cholesterol medication. And so she's doing great. The benefits are profound, right? And so love to unpack a little bit that mobile experience then, how that helped facilitate that for Jenny. So what does that mobile experience look like that helped her get to those results? Well, when you come in, we ask you a few questions. We call this a health risk assessment. 
We're trying to get a sense of who you are. You can either come in directly and download the app or your employer may cover the benefit. And so we would, in the case of uh, your employer, you might have a biometric screen or a health risk assessment you do on site at your employer. So we get all your data and then we use an algorithm to match you to, we usually give you five coaches that we think would be perfectly matched to you. And we use a bunch of data to figure out the right fit. And then she picks a coach and she works with that person through text, audio, and video on a regular basis. So imagine you're getting a daily notification from your coach in the app. It's all HIPAA compliant. Mm -hmm. And you have weekly video consults. Your coach is sending you information. You're in a program to learn more about your diabetes and actually get off your medication. And then you're tracking all your data. So there's a series of behavior change metrics and requirements that we create for the programs. And and they're different for each person depending on their situation. But in general, we have over 30 trackers inside the app. And so people will track all their data and share it with their coach and then they get real-time feedback. So it's pretty easy to make behavior change when you've got someone really digging into your data, personalizing the experience and supporting you along the way. Yeah. And just all that data that, that you're harvesting and how you're using it too. Can you maybe talk about the physician side of it, how they're involved in, in the role that they play and, and maybe even talk about like how they're using the app and the data to do this? It's, it's really interesting. Physicians, classically trained physicians, want to focus on diagnosing an issue, prescribing and helping people with you know, surgery and more severe issues. Physicians typically don't like to do behavior change and they're also more expensive to do behavior change. So the way we work with physicians is they'll, they'll recommend or prescribe VITA. And if someone has something like, you know, like in Jenny's situation, she has diabetes, hypertension, and cholesterol. I mean, she has a lot of issues that could become really severe over time. And so the, the physician will recommend that they join VITA. And then we will send, you know, and Jenny herself will send back information and, and share how she's doing with their physician. But most of the work day to day is actually done by VITA and the coach mm. and the program. The physician actually has to do very little, which is a good thing. So it allows the physician to practice at the top 1% of their license. And then it uses uh, technology and coaching and real human coaches and nurses to drive behavior change and let the coaches focus on what they do best, behavior change. And, you know, we use technology to make it easier for them to practice at the, at the top 1% of their license. So it's taking cost out of the healthcare system. I love that. So can you give a, a couple examples of some of these data points that are being tracked from Jenny and, and how that then is offloading some of that inefficiency that would be used on the doctor side typically? Well, I think what's new that's really a movement in healthcare is this self-care is becoming healthcare, if you will. Mm. So, you know, and there's a fitness craze too that's going on and people are using devices and apps and really trying to track their behavior. and their health in a much more holistic way than has been in the past. And if you think about it, in the past, you had an annual checkup. You might fast and have some blood work done and find out your A1C or your cholesterol level. But what we're doing in the app is actually tracking much more day-to-day what's going on. So if you're connected to a glucometer, we'll know what your blood sugars are throughout the day. If you're connected to a blood pressure cuff, we'll know how your blood pressure is doing. It's much more interesting to have that many data points and understand what the patterns are and what the triggers are for those events than it is to have a one-time reading. Yeah, that is an interesting thing that we talked about in the, in the pre-show that how you're connected to 100 apps and devices or over 100 apps and devices and how you're an aggregator of all this information. Can you maybe talk about some of these 
uh, apps and devices that are connected and how they've created some really unique data insight? Well, we're connected to all the most popular wearables. Mm -hmm. So I personally have used all of them, (laughs) (laughs) but I use an Apple watch right now and I, you know, it's automatically connected to Vita. We connect to, I have a Withing scale that's connected. I'm actually testing my blood sugar just level. Yeah, I'm not diabetic, but I'm testing my blood sugar levels right now with an eye health glucometer that's also connected. But we connect to over 59 glucometers. So we try to connect to all popular devices, all blood pressure cuffs, glucometers, anything out there that is going to enable you to measure your health. There's also really popular apps for nutrition, for running, for different, and we connect to those as well. So we can just integrate your data in one place for your coach to see. And the benefit of that is really your coach can then personalize the experience and really help you achieve your goals by knowing everything you're doing. So essentially this helps offload the tracking, right? And then you get the day-to-day insight to the patient and then it synthesizes it maybe into a form that allows the doctor to be the most effective in those conversations. Is that kind of how you put it essentially or or what would you add to that? Yeah. And I would say that the day-to-day tracking enables people to make the right behavior change decision. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. With the way that all this is connected, then now that you're having all this data aggregation and you're adding more devices, more apps, bringing in you know, maybe new specialties with doctors. What is the the hurdle that you're currently faced with being able to take it to a next level to make the next impact? I think it's really just pure execution and and scale. I mean, I think a lot of companies face this when you initially launch, you know, you start out with an MVP and you try to focus in on the most important features that are going to drive the most magical experience. And then you continue to add and scale and as you scale and you get more data, you need more data infrastructure. You need to add on, uh, there's always new apps and devices you need to be cognizant of. There's new programs that we're developing. So it's really just taking the infrastructure and, and platform and taking it to the next level. Yeah. How has that been, being able to adapt to these new apps and technologies being created? Because you're already connected to so many. Does that make it exponentially complicated or is the infrastructure built in a way that it's, it's easier to do? Well, the great thing about building a company in today's world, so there's a good thing and a bad thing. There's so many software service models. Mm-hmm. We have, I don't know, 40 plus, I'm guessing, software service models that we've used throughout our our full stack solution. And so that's the good thing. The, the bad thing is like, you really have to track where everything is going and everything's <laughs> coming. We haven't really had any outages, but we had like customer service issue where we realized that one piece of information wasn't getting, and it was because one service provider had lapsed and we hadn't gotten a notice about it or or somebody got the notice, but nobody knew about it. Or, you know, so you have to really be mindful of tracking, especially I think all these startups are using software as a service for almost everything, right? You just have to really be mindful of how you're tracking data. Is it in a canonical structure? Are all your services up to date? Everything organized in the right way? Is it all connected in the right way? Are you QAing everything before you and doing regression testing before you're launching. So, you know, it always gets more complicated as you scale. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really complicated. I'm curious, did you build like a custom software to be able to manage this or do you have a really tight manual process that, that does that? How, how do you manage all that? Well, we have really good engineers. I don't <laughs> <laughs> All of these connections, all these integrations and all that data is really important. I mean, it's vital to, to people's well-being. So... Uh, I can imagine just the care that has to, the mindfulness that, like you mentioned, has to go into to managing that information. Mm-hmm. 
on the experience side, on the technology side, on the practitioner side, you know, maybe on just selecting one of these, is there something that you think is kind of the bottleneck or is where the biggest pain point lies to allow you to take it to the next level? Not currently. Right now, we're just continuing to get customer feedback and and always iterate and always, you know, just make sure we have the best product experience out there. Is there like a specific type of feedback that you're getting that you're really focused on right now for improvement? We look across the board. We look at uh, onboarding. You know, we measure that religiously. We look at retention and and what they're doing in the app. We look at their engagement with their coach and and with the programs and the the tracking and the devices. We look at their use of all the different features inside the app. And we we have such different populations. We have millennials. We have folks that are self-insured and they work for self-insured employers. We have a lot of self-insured employer customers that sort of anywhere from like 30 to 60, I guess, Mm -hmm. you know, but then we also have Medicare. So, you know, we have to be mindful of different populations and their use of the app. And I looked in the store and you guys have great reviews across all, you know, all releases of the app since inception. And I'm curious where you attribute a lot of that great rating and that great experience to at what point in the user journey do you attribute a lot of that to? That's getting into some of the secret sauce. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. (laughs) We call it aha moments. We really track where people's aha moments is in, in the product experience. Can I ask, you know, what data points are you collecting that that are showing you that? Well, I think I'm trying to figure out what's useful to your audience. So we used to use Mixpanel. Okay. And we tracked like everything. But then we now have moved everything over to Google Analytics. And so, you know, we built our own tracking on the back end because we needed more granularity than what Mixpanel offered. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we, we track a lot and we really try to understand for the different user groups, like what's delighting them. And was it challenging bringing the service providers on board? So this this the service piece of this offering that is Vita Health. You mentioned that offloading a lot of the the manual tasks to the doctors were doing that maybe wasn't utilizing that one percent to the technology itself. Was there any hiccups in getting service providers on board, or was that a pretty seamless thing because of the app and how it offloads all that for them? There are three and a half million health workers in this country, Mm -hmm. and it's one of the fastest growing segments. And a lot of people want, you know, much like what you see with car transportation and Uber and Lyft, a lot of people want flexible hours. We really didn't have any issues. Like we had people applying. We had way more applicants than we, we could initially serve. And people were really excited to try this new way of helping people and coaching. So it's been a lot of people who are nurses and therapists and coaching itself. Health coaching is also a really fast growing segment of the employment industry. So we've had a lot of demand. I mean, with Uber and Lyft, one of the big challenges they both faced was the screening process, the manual screening process for the drivers so that they could ensure that it was a really quality experience. Is that something that you've had challenges with or or what does that screening process look like to ensure that you know you're getting those the doctors that you're really looking for yeah we do have a very in-depth screening process and that's probably again part of our secret sauce but we mm-hmm. worked with UCSF and others to hone it and really spent a lot of time figuring out how to onboard coaches and interview them and understand their backgrounds and it's not just their expert their clinical expertise but it's also their their level of empathy and ability to to drive behavior change was that a pretty big component to this? Was is that a pretty big structure that you had to put in place? It was, yes. 
Yeah. That's one thing that I think that a lot of people don't talk about when they think of mobile apps is really the backend infrastructure that powers that front-end experience. And then just looking into Uber deeper and deeper, it's just understanding the the iceberg that really is Uber and on that back end, all of those the systems and business process that enables the apps to work. And when you yeah. fuse that service model right with the mobile app, that's where it, it really gets interesting and complicated. And so in doing that, what did you experience as being the biggest rub when trying to fuse this mobile app technology experience and the service model? Well, I think, you know, having worked at eBay for nearly a decade, I, I would say building out a marketplace, a two-sided marketplace where you have supply and demand, where mm-hmm. you have just like Uber, where you have, or Airbnb or others, where you have consumers using something and then you have a supply being an experience, but also being a human, right? right? Because delivering is always complicated. There's always, it's much harder to, to build something that is a true service like that than just a digital solution in an app. Is there one thing that was tough for you in doing that that you identified was being specific to this app and this service offering that was more challenging in trying to build that both sides of it? We are continuing always to always have to balance both supply and demand. And that's true of any of any company trying to build a product in this in, in a marketplace environment. Mm-hmm. And then it's also you have to have tools for your customers that are using the product, but then you also have to have tools for your coaches. And just like Uber has an app for the individuals who use it, but they also have an app for their drivers, right? So you have to build almost 2x what you would normally build if you were just one-sided. <laughs> yeah. And is there something that you were able to do to, to streamline that, just getting into it, knowing that that is that challenge? Just something that, that helped you get there quicker, more efficiently? I'm not sure I have any grand wisdom to impart on that front, other than uh-huh. you really have to very carefully, when you start pick what features are the most important for each segment. And because you're going to constantly have to prioritize resources, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you're just trying to get an MVP out in the very early days to test the concept. You have to, in many ways, I think other companies have done this too, where they hire full-time the individual providers on the human side so that they're in-house and they're really helping to shape the development of the product. And sometimes, and you heard this with Airbnb, Brian's story, like everything is manual in the beginning and that's okay because once, especially on the supply side, if it's manual, you'll learn quickly how to build the automation. Right. So with that process, is there a specific uh, framework or was there documentation that helped you expedite that? You know, No, there were, there were, there was no documentation. Really? Okay. It was just kind of flying. <laughs> You know, it was a ruthless prioritization on what's the most important for the customer on both sides. And then how frequent were you prioritizing in those early days? Well, every, you know, in the early days of a startup, when you're only less than five people, it's every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've seen both, right? Where it's needing to go down and actually make progress to have something to prioritize. But understanding how frequently you're doing is really interesting to, to get to where you are now. And I know that you're working on some really cool things right now. And I'm excited to share when when those come out. But is there something really cool that you're working on right now that you want everyone to check out? We are launching a lot of new versions of the app. We've layered in a lot of new features, which you'll probably see. We're calling it Vita 2.0. And so we've had multiple, like we've had a lot of new versions of the app coming out. So I would just encourage you to check it out. And where would you like us to go to keep tabs on that? You can just go to the App Store and download it. <laughs> go to the App Store and download it. And that's just Vita Health, right? You just search in Vita Health in the App Store. Actually, if you just search VIDA, 
in the app store or Vida Health, you'll find it. Okay, V-I-D-A, there you go. And then we're also gonna link to this in the show notes as well to make it really easy for everyone to click on these links and go directly to it to check them out. Also, we'll have the website in there as well so you can learn a little bit more about Vita Health. And also make sure to tune in this Friday for a rapid fire round while Stephanie is gonna be sharing some of her most valuable resources. Well, Stephanie, thank you so much for taking the time and really sharing what you're up to at Vita Health and getting a little bit behind the scenes and what you guys are, are working on and how this app is transforming people's lives as far as also the process and the systems that are going into that. So again, thank you for taking the time and sharing a little bit with us today. Great. Well, great speaking with you. Thanks for interviewing me. I really appreciate it. Hey, thank you for listening. For additional resources on how to increase sales and performance with your mobile experiences, head over to www.emergemobilefirst.com and select the Get Free Resources button there at the top and get instant exclusive access to tools and resources from all of our guests aggregated into one single place just for you. Now I'm looking forward to digging in with my next guest, but until next time, think mobile first. Thank you.